incredibly wonderful morning uh, to be together and to give uh, praise to God. Amen. Yeah. As I have written uh, in the welcome in your program today, as I was looking at it again, I just want to say it to you. So welcome all of you, the seekers and worshipers, the hungry and the content, the faithful and the wanderers, welcome today. The grace and goodness of God meets you today. Today is an important day in your spiritual pilgrimage. God calls us in clear sounds of mercy as he longs to heal our hearts and restore us to himself. It is good that you are here. God is with us. Amen. Amen. I'm glad. I'm really glad that you that you are present today. We're talking about amplified, really. We're talking about how really what it means and what, what we need to understand in our lives in order to live out our faith in Christ as followers of Jesus, to live confidently and boldly. To understand really that uh, the um, the church itself is not peripheral to the world. It's, it's really at the core of what God is is doing when we are responding to Him as the followers of Jesus, like we're called to do. And um, where we live and who we are, as just illustrated very much in Haley's testimony, uh, is critical that we live out our vibrant. Alive, <laughs> joyful, loving faith in the midst of of this world, this culture, this society, the, all the little subgroups. You know, I just love it when the seed is scattered in all different places to bring praise and honor to God. Today, we want. I just want to talk to you today about uh, how how to say or the, how important it is to say yes to us. To say yes to us. There's a, uh, a, a TV um, series called um, This Is Us. Uh, I want to talk to you about what God is doing among us and the call to say yes to what God is doing. To say yes to say yes to us. If you if you were a part and are part of another church fellowship and and I was speaking there to that church fellowship. I would say to you the same thing. Say yes to us. There's like the big us of those who are all followers of Jesus across the globe. There's the us really that this is talking about. The us of particular location, of locale. Right? And, and in our area, it's not only the us of the followers of Jesus in the Puyallup region, but it's also saying yes to us in each particular fellowship of believers gathered about in various churches, by various names, but all centered in the Lord Jesus Christ, to the followers of Jesus. This is an invitation, and yet more than an invitation, to say yes, to say yes to us. To say yes to what God is doing among us, and what God is doing with us in the world. It's just powerful, and I hope that as we move our way in the service uh, toward uh, baptisms, that you will be captivated by what God thinks about who you are in Christ and what he is doing with your life. So the text today uh, is in Peter, 1 Peter, the letter, 
First Peter, and we're going to begin reading with chapter 1, verse 22. And what I'm going to do is read out of the message translation. In the U version, there are a couple of the translations that I have uh, entered for you. One is the New International Version, the other is the message. I'm going to read from the message today, so just follow along or listen along and let your heart be gathered up right in this truth. Now that you've cleaned up your lives by following the truth, love one another as if your lives depended on it. Your new life is not like your old life. Your old birth came of mortal sperm. Your new birth comes from God's living word. Just think, a life conceived by God himself. That's why the prophet said, the old life is a grass life. Its beauty as short-lived as wildflowers. Grass dries up, flowers droop, but God's word goes on forever. This is the word that conceived a new life in you. So clean house. Make a clean sweep of malice and pretense, envy and hurtful talk. You've had a taste of God. Now, like infants at the breast, drink deeply of God's pure kindness. And then you'll grow up mature and whole in God. Welcome to the living stone, the source of life. The workman took one look at it and threw it out. But God said it in the place of honor, Present yourselves as, a bil- as, as building stones for the construction of a sanctuary vibrant with life in which you'll serve as holy priests offering Christ-approved lives up to God. The scriptures provide a precedent. Look, I'm setting a stone in Zion, a cornerstone in the place of honor. Whoever trusts in this stone as a foundation will never have cause to regret it. To you who trust him, he's a stone to be proud of. But to those who refuse to trust him, well, the stone the workman threw out is now the chief foundation stone. It's for the untrusting. For the untrusting, it's a stone to trip over and a boulder blocking the way. They trip and fall because they refuse to obey, just as predicted. But you are, a cho- are the chosen ones, the ones chosen by God, chosen for a high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do His work and speak out for Him, to tell others of the night and day difference He has made for you, from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Friends, this world is not your home, so don't make yourselves cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the, at the expense of your soul. Live an exemplary life among the natives so that your actions will refute their prejudices and then they'll be won over to God's side and be there to join in the celebration when Jesus arrives. Amen. God's word. Man, it's a, it's, it's a beautiful word. It's, I find it to be extraordinarily powerful. So like you are living stones. We're going to spend some time just kind of looking at that. Like we, we, are, we are living stones. Who, who are these living stones, right? That's kind of a question that I want to ask today. When we begin to understand what God is doing with us and our invitation and call 
to say yes to what God is doing with us, we need to understand who the living stones are, right? And what does that mean? So we are like living stones because of what we have actually done with Jesus. Like, like Jesus, the, the, the Old Testament speaks about it. The New Testament confirms it, that Jesus Christ is like, to use this metaphor, Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone, uh, like he is the most fa- the foundational stone from which you build the whole temple of God. Jesus, like, is this precious stone in God's eyes. Like when you, whenever you look at Jesus and you just say to Jesus, "Oh, you are like so awesome," like you're so precious to me, like I. Like, you're like the treasure in the field that I've found. I'd sell everything for you. You're worth everything to me. Like, when you have that sort of heart toward Jesus, then the Father recognizes that heart because when the Father looks at his own son, he just says the same stuff. Oh, my goodness, you're like everything to me. You're precious in my sight. So we have taken, you know, God has taken this Jesus, this cornerstone, as a chief cornerstone to the whole building, the whole great temple of God, the presence of God in the world, and, and has said, I'm going to build something here on this stone in relationship to this, to this Jesus, right? Now, you would say, well, why would somebody throw this stone out, right? Um, we find, like, a lot of reasons for that, but I was particularly struck by the fact that at first glances, the stone may not look all that beautiful, when you understand some of the things that are said about Jesus in the Older Testament, uh, like in Isaiah 53, it says that there was nothing in him to attract us to him. And we were appalled when we looked at him because he was so disfigured. Like, are you kidding me? In, in a picture of Jesus carrying his cross and then being hung on the cross and crucified, how gruesome. And like this is like this is the stone, or this is the living stone. Like this is the, the this is the God man that by which God is going to like build up His whole presence in the world. Like this one, and you, you the tendency would be kind of to look at Him actually and say, I, I don't know. I was kind of hoping to follow someone that was a little more presentable, a little more attractive. But but when you think about what He did. And why he is disfigured. When you think about that he was wounded for our transgressions. And he was pierced for our iniquities. Right? And the whole weight of our sin came crushing down upon him. So that we could be healed. When, when you begin to understand what is going on in that picture of a stone that you know, they, at first glance, they looked at him, they listened to him, they go, oh, I don't think so, they threw him out. But he, by God's design, is the, the one, <laughs> the chief cornerstone. And we've looked at him and we have said, yeah, he is. He's precious. He's, pow- he's, most, he's the most powerful person I know. He's like the most like loving, he's the most amazing like, he has actually brought me to God, right? When, when you think about this, you, you, you kind of look at, 
then these living stones. Who, who are we then? We have said that. There, there's this, this other verse that says, verse 23 says this, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. So, you know, we, we are those who have, who, who have been just made alive because of the message of Jesus Christ, like, like the seed. The, the seed falling into the soils. You know, there's a story about that. Um, Jesus told um, the story about a sower, like a farmer. He goes out with the seed. You can read about it in Matthew 13. And he goes out with the seed, and he starts sowing the seed. And some of the seed falls on pathway, hard, hard pathway. Um, I, I I like uh, the uh, the way in which uh, Helmut Thielica, uh um, a pastor, a Lutheran pastor in Germany during the great atrocities of World War II and how he just barely escaped with his life. But I, rem- I remember reading uh, a sermon that he gave about this and when he says the pathway is, is pa- the pathway are the asphalted ways of our lives. That the pathway is our busy lives. We are too preoccupied. We are too busy. We, the seed comes. The seed comes. It has all kinds of potential. It could just absolutely revolutionize our lives. But no, thank you. We have other things that must be done. Right? So um, there's the pathway. And then some of the seed falls on, uh, on the rocky ground. And at first it springs up because there's a little layer of soil. And the seed comes. And, it, and it, then it begins to kind of quickly sprout. But... But but as soon um, dries up into nothing, when the heat comes, when the sun comes out, because it has no root, and this stands for those who are um, who had first believed, but then when there is pressure and persecution and trouble that comes their way because of Christ, then they go, uh, or just because of life, even they're just like, uh, and they just like. Well, it's kind of like they may say, well, I thought this was going to be a lot easier. Or maybe they think, I, 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 I thought that following Jesus was going to give me the quote-unquote good life or American dream. Or I thought that um, God was just going to like be my <laughs> servant and you know make my life easy, right? But it's not happening that way. So because there's not really that relationship with him, it's more about just utilizing him for my ends. Um, anyway, seed doesn't bear fruit, and the other the, the, the seed lands on thorny ground. And this, uh, as the scripture says, when Jesus was talking about it, the, sto- the thorny ground stands for the, someone who hears the word and the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word. I mean, there's, it's just too, there's a lot of competition. You know, is, is, <laughs> you know, like any, in any really good relationship, it doesn't, it's not a good relationship if, if, uh, if, if, if the person in this relationship has to keep begging for my attention, right? Could you just stop and talk? Can we just like pay attention here? And you know, but you know, it's just like, uh, you know, just choked by, by so many other things. Like, I'm glad that God, that God chases after us. I'm so glad. But I don't know if you've ever been in a relationship or tried to relate to someone. And when you're talking to them, they're just always walking away. Have you ever seen something like that? And that just like really is difficult. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Can't we talk? Can't we be together? And, 
it's kind of like that, you know, because again, like here, here we are, right? Worries of this life and deceitfulness of wealth chokes the word. But then the seed falls on the good soil and it refers to someone, Jesus says, who hears the word and, and, and just like, and understands it and then holds it fast, you know, retains it, perseveres with it as Jesus talks about it. And, um, and, and he, bears, he bears a crop, bears fruit. Just, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. Well, what, what Peter is saying, you are the people, you are the people whom he's writing, who have purified your hearts, he says, no, excuse me, that you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of the imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. The word came to you, it was proclaimed to you, and you just like, you just, you just, you fell head over heels into this, right? Um, now, the word, I want you to understand, like they didn't, like they didn't, they had the, old, the Older Testament, but when Jesus was saying it, they didn't have like, you know, like the New Testament, the stories of Jesus and all, as, as we have collected here, or the instructions of the apostles, you know, all combined. But when Peter is writing, they just had the message of Christ, the message of Jesus. Like the, just the message that there's someone that God sent into this world that loves you so much. He just loves you so much that he's able to take your broken <laughs> life that you've been living in shame and condemnation and he's able to take that life and by his death on the cross forgive you for all your sins by his resurrection raise you up in a new life and by his Holy Spirit fill you up with himself so that you can live a new and renewed life. And just that message like that, that was just like, that was just the powerful word. Powerful word delivered. I, li- I like what, what N.T. Wright wrote. He said, as early as the day of Pentecost, the followers of Jesus discovered that when they spoke to people about Jesus, something happened. It, it wasn't that just that people were interested or that they decided either to go along with the message or to reject it. It was, it, it was that the word carried an energy, a power beyond mere words. And when the word was spoken, like the message was given just about who Jesus is and what he came to do for us, when that was, it was something like a blood transfusion that took place in, in at least some of the hearers and they found themselves gripped by it, transformed by it, rinsed out by it, given a new sense of the presence of God. And in hearing that word, they were, they were tasting that the Lord is gracious. And as they tasted that, they were born anew. <laughs> I, I, I would just ask you, how did, the word, how did the word come to you and what effect did it have on you, right? Because it has such a powerful effect, the message of Jesus is that the only way to talk about this this a dynamic relational event is to say we have been born anew born like <laughs> right wow and he says this is who you are you 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 living stones right and then he says, in, in the verse 22, he says, now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have a sincere love for your brothers, now love each other deeply from the heart. Oh, wow. This is who we are, right? Here's what living stones, here's, we're living stones because the message of Christ has brought us a, we've been born into a living hope 
We're alive. We're a living stone. That's an interesting uh, combination of words, right? We're, we're living, and we are the, one of the first mark of this is that as we are obeying the truth, as we're responding in love to this message of Christ, we are the first thing released into our lives is this love for one another. Just like we, we, we love each other, right? And he says, now that you do this, then he says, then, then go on and love each other more and more. In fact, there are kind of three things that are given here that as, as kind of a sign of, 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 of this going on in our lives that we have been born anew is that there's an increasing love that we have for each other. So now love each other like your life's dependent on it. Now, to love each other, that means to love each other. Isn't that profound? Like, it's not like, yeah, I love people, but you know, I really don't like Frank. Sorry about that, Frank. Should never sell in the front row, man. Now that's true. Like, love one another. These, these, this is the one another of people that are not like you, of people that don't have, you know, they're, they're, they're from a different gene pool than you. They have like, all, well, you got to love the people in the same gene pool too. But this is that, that you are loving one another. Now he says, just press on, let it increase, love each other deeply from the heart. Right? And because we've been born, who are these living stones, right? This, I mean, it's important. Hang on with me here because this is so critical. These living stones, they have, been, uh, they, they have been born anew, right? And now they are loving each other and they are getting rid. The next part is therefore rid yourselves of all malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander of every kind. So they're like, they're just getting rid of everything that doesn't promote love. And so when they see anything in their lives that does not promote love, they go, eh, nope. Stripping that away, I'm trashing that, I'm getting rid of that, because this does not promote the love of Jesus Christ in my relationships. Well, can you, no wonder, man, there's so much life that's out, because we're living, we're living in Christ, right? And Christ just brings us, I mean, he is like the pulsating heartbeat of God's love dwelling within us, and so this is, this is how we are doing it, right? We're, we're growing in love and we're getting rid of anything that would inhibit love. And the third thing he says is this. He says, then, he says, also crave like newborn babies. Crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Oh, my goodness. You know what it's like when you taste something that's really good? You want more. Right? Man, we went to a breakfast place in Portland where they had praline caramelized bacon. (laughs) On a waffle. (laughs) With all kinds of holy things on it. (laughs) And we ate that and it was so good, we went back the next morning with Lynette's brother and his wife. And we would have gone back the next morning had we been close to it. Here's the thing. Why? Because like now that we've tasted that the Lord is good, 
<laughs> when you get a taste of the goodness of God, you know what you want? Do you know what you want? You want more. You want more of him. You want more of him. So now that you've tasted that the Lord is good, he says like newborn babes, right? Like, like crave pure spiritual milk. In other words, that he's just calling us to the word of God, to the message of Christ, right? To just everything that nourishes our life in Jesus Christ. Just go for it. Just, just crave. Just, just keep craving it, right? Listen, don't ever outgrow that. And if you have outgrown that, if you no longer crave the pure spiritual milk, as he's talking about it here, if you don't have a craving for that, then just like to ask God to give you a broken heart about it. <laughs> ask God, what have I been eating, man? I'm, I'm eating, I'm feeding myself with stuff that is, you know, making me kind of feel full at times, but it's empty calories, right? It has no nutritional value. I mean, I'm satisfied for a little bit, but it doesn't sustain my relationship with God or my relationship with other people in love. It's not doing that. It's not promoting holiness in my life. It's not promoting purity and obedience in my life. And so, man, just repent, right? Because all of us are feeding on something, let me tell you, right? And, And, man, the whole world is a buffet of whatever you want and whenever you want it, but not all of it. In fact, most of it doesn't have any nutritional value to your relationship with God. So here we are, right? So this, this is who we are. We're craving. All right. Now, um, let, me, let me just uh, lay this before you, which I think is really great. As a living stone. And there's so much. All, the, all of the first chapters about who we are as living stones. If you want to understand, just read, again, the first chapter. But as the living stones together, we're called, like in this, to be bold and let God do something with us, right? I used to say to my daughter when she would, like, leave for school, uh, uh, three things. I I didn't say all three all the time, but over the course of uh, a month, I'd be saying these several times. I uh, I would say, don't forget who you are. Repeat after me, okay? Don't forget who you are. Okay, I say that to her, now I'm saying it to you. Don't forget who you are. Right? I'm saying it to you, don't forget who you are. We need people saying into our lives, don't forget who you are. Don't forget who you are. I would say to her, be courageous. I would say, be courageous. Because if you know who you are in Christ, now be courageous, right? So I say to you, be courageous. Be courageous. You can learn to say that to each other. Be courageous, Right? And then I used to say, don't make your teachers cry. And I'm saying to you, don't make your teacher cry. No, I'm like, don't make your teacher cry. And that was always kind of a joke. But listen, Peter is our teacher. Jesus is our teacher. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. <laughs> don't, don't, don't make your teacher cry. Come on, he's, he's trying to give you life, right? All right, what is God doing with us? I want to wrap it up with this. What is God doing with us? Here's, here's, here's the word, right? As you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, 
offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. What is God doing with living stones? He is building them together into a spiritual house. So you're not just a living stone over here and you over here and you over here, right? But we are, you are being built together, right, into a spiritual house. Now, I don't know how you read this, but I find it really difficult to read this with an individualistic, kind of an Americanized, uh, I can do it all by myself kind of mentality. This is, this is just the opposite of that. He is saying, no, you are living stones and you are created for community. You are created to be built together, right? And, man, I just want to tell you, all of these, these stones, I mean, they're, like, so different. I mean, they come from so many different places. I mean, l- later on, he'll talk about that. We're a holy nation and all. I mean, you know, different ethnicities and different backgrounds and different, you know, uh, idiosyncrasies and different problems, a different set of, you know, uh, issues going on. But we are living stones, and these, this this most unlikely fellowship, right, of people. See, don't just go around looking for the people who are like you. This is not what it's about. It's look for the people with whom God is doing a brand new work by which, you know, they are coming alive in Jesus Christ. Then you are being built together with one another to be a spiritual house. In other words, you, you live by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's breath animates you. The Holy Spirit's presence produces fruit of love and joy and peace in you. The Holy Spirit causes you to fall in love with Jesus again and again and again to the glory of God the Father. You are being built together. Right? Now, just, you just need to understand. I mean, there are several really important pieces of this. It is concrete. By that, I mean, like, this is not abstract. This is not abstract. This is like my relationship built with you in uh, uh, an ongoing give and take of ministry to one another, encouraging one another, and bringing out the best in one another, loving each other deeply from the heart. So we do this, right, with others. With others. It's concrete. I mean, it's visible and observable, right? It's visible and observable. Not to build, not this, not the building, not the building, but it's visible and observable in that we gather in this place or in other places to encourage one another in the faith. Sometimes we're sitting like this, but other times, and this is even like so significant, we're gathered together, you know, in, in, in living rooms and at coffee shops, and we're, we're, we're coming together and we're face to face, and we are actually as individual people being built together, living stones being built together to be a spiritual house to God, and by which we are offering spiritual sacrifices to him. So our lives are being lived out, offering ourselves, just laying, our, our, just laying our, ourselves down and loving one another and giving away possessions and, you know, caring for each other and and uh, you know, using our time for one another, and and including one another in the in, in in our affections, and we do all of this because because we are we're God's house, right? And we reflect God's love in a powerful way. And when we do that, oh my goodness! Later later on, he'll he'll just talk about this. 
he says this, that, that we, are, uh, we are chosen people. And we are a, uh, a, a royal priesthood. In other words, now we, we act as, we stand between heaven and earth. And, and we present people's needs to God. And we present to people the love and grace and mercy of God. We are a royal priesthood. And, and we together, right? We are a holy nation made up of like all kinds of backgrounds. And we are God's special possession, right? That we may declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Whew, praise the Lord. So here's what I want to ask you. We, are you going to say yes to us? Will you say yes to us? God is saying yes to us and what he's creating. Will you say yes to what God's trying to do? He's trying to build us together. Will you say yes to that? Will you be willing to be part of, of, of a community of people that are meeting and loving one another and just like, you know, growing in your faith and encouraging and challenging and helping each other along the way and then offering as a group to the world around you the just great, unbelievable mercy of God that you have received? Say yes to us, right? The people that are going to be baptized this morning, they're just saying yes. They're saying yes, right? They're saying yes to what Jesus Christ has done. And they are being baptized into Christ and into the body of Christ. This is the declaration. Amen. Let's pray. Father, you are amazing. Thank you for the gospel of Jesus. And by him, we have come alive. We have come alive. And we owe it all to you. So, Lord, now we just speak blessing over those who will now be baptized. We pray, Lord, that our hearts would just be so open to you that we will just let you do works in us even as we hear about the work you're doing in them. In Jesus' name, amen.